You're listening to L-Town Radio, the Livingston Library Podcast. There's practically no limit to what you can learn and see when you belong to the Livingston Library. From science and technology to grants and genealogy, our library is virtually an information galaxy. This library is yours and this library is mine. Welcome to the April 2022 episode of L-Town Radio, the Livingston Public Library podcast. I'm Joe from the Adult Services and Acquisitions Department, and I thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. In this episode, Jessica will tell us about some of the most anticipated books headed our way this month. Hong Mei will be back to share a special song. Archana will tell us about some of the great programs ahead on our April calendar. And in honor of National Poetry Month, the crew will share some of their favorite poems and poets. But first... I want to talk about music, which is very closely related to poetry, of course. Uh, In fact, this is going to be a much more musical episode than usual, as you'll see, including an exciting announcement coming up in a bit. Um, But there's a lot of exciting new music that's come out in the past year or so. And of course, the Grammy Awards were last night, April 4th. And did you know that you can listen to a ton of great new music using your Livingston Library card? So in addition to borrowing CDs through the Buckles Consortium, you can also stream or temporarily download thousands of fantastic albums on HooplaDigital.com, including some of this year's big Grammy winners. Album of the Year, for instance, went to We Are by John Baptiste, who you might recognize as the band leader on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He was also one of the composers, along with... Uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross of the score to the Pixar film Soul, which itself won both an Oscar and a Grammy. Um, But Baptiste's most recent album, We Are, is a spectacular blend of R&B and soul and gospel and jazz, and it features appearances by legendary artists like Mavis Staples and Trombone Shorty, as well as author Zadie Smith. And if you haven't heard any of it yet, well, you're in for a treat. Here is a quick sample. Another one of last night's big winners was Silk Sonic, the retro soul supergroup consisting of Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack. They won for both Record of the Year and Song of the Year, uh, that's for production and songwriting, respectively, of their track Leave the Door Open.
and winning this year's Grammy for Best New Artist and Best Pop Vocal Album was Olivia Rodrigo, whose album Sour made her a musical sensation last year, thanks to songs like the heartfelt ballad Driver's License and the hard rockin' Good For You. Again, you can hear all of these records, John Baptiste's We Are, Silk Sonic's An Evening with Silk Sonic, and Olivia Rodrigo's Sour by going to hoopladigital.com with your Livingston Library card. You can borrow albums for a limited time, either by temporarily downloading them or streaming them to your device. And now it's that part of the program where Jessica, our interim head of adult services and acquisitions, drops by to tell us about some of the most eagerly anticipated books heading our way to the library in April. Jessica? Are you looking forward to new spring books to add to your to-read list? Here's a sneak peek of what titles will be hitting our library shelves this April. Please note, descriptions are taken from the publisher. The Candy House by Jennifer Egan, April 5th. Told through the lives of multiple characters, this electrifying, deeply moving novel spanning 10 years follows Own Your Own Unconscious, a new technology that allows access to every memory you've ever had, and to share every memory in exchange for success to the memories of others, simultaneous. The Younger Wife by Sally Hepworth, April 5th. New from the author of The Good Sister, the breakout New York Times bestseller and stunningly clever thriller, comes Sally Hepburn's latest novel of domestic suspense about the tangled vines of family secrets. Sister Stardust by Jane Green, April 5th. In her first novel inspired by a true story, Jane Green reimagines the life of troubled icon Talitha Getty in this transporting story from a forgotten chapter of the swinging 60s. Bittersweet by Susan Cain, April 5th. In her new masterpiece, the author of best-selling phenomenon Quiet, reveals the power of the bittersweet outlook on life and why we've been so blind to its value. Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Maddell, April 5th. Hired to investigate the black-skied night city, Detective Gaspry Jacques Roberts discovers an anomaly in the North American wilderness where he encounters a strange group of individuals who have all glimpsed a chance to do something extraordinary that could disrupt the timeline of the universe. A Family Affair, Robin Carr, April 5th. Life's biggest dilemmas can provide its sweetest rewards. Anna McNichol knows how to take charge. Raised by a single mother, she's worked to ensure that her three children have every advantage she didn't. And while her marriage has its problems, she values commitment and believes in till death do us part. Now an empty nester, she's at the peak of her career and ready to seize the opportunity to focus on her future. The Investigator by John Sanford, April 12th. Letty Davenport, the brilliant and tenacious adopted daughter of Lucas Davenport, takes the investigative reins in the newest thriller from number one best-selling author John Sanford. Dreamtown by David Baldacci, April 19th. Private investigator and World War II veteran, Archer heads to Los Angeles, the city where dreams are made and shattered, 
and is ensnared in a lethal case in his latest thriller and number one New York Times bestselling author David Baldacci's never award-winning series. Death of the Black Widow by James Patterson, April 19th. She destroys the men she loves and escapes every time. The most dangerous killer James Patterson has ever created is also his most seductive. Which of these titles are you looking for forward to reading the most? You can reserve them at the Livingston Public Library and check them out. Hope to see you soon. Bye. Thank you, Jessica. I can tell you for sure that the title from that list that I am definitely looking forward to is The Candy House by Jennifer Egan. I remember reading her book, uh, A Visit from the Goon Squad, about 10 years ago, um, which won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction, and that book just completely blew me away with the way it told the story through interlocking short stories, and um, from what I understand, this next book, The Candy House, is sort of a sequel to Visit from the Goon Squad, so I'm really hoping to get my hands on that book as soon as it's available. Anyway, going from upcoming books to upcoming programs, let's hear from Archnet to tell us about some of the exciting programs on our April calendar. Happy spring, everyone. I'm happy to share some upcoming adult programs for the month of April that cover a wide gamut from gardening to museums to jobs. If you live in a small house, a condo or a townhouse and only have a small patio, a balcony or veranda, take heart. You don't need a lot of space to grow fresh vegetables, herbs, flowers and fruits. You don't even need a garden bed. If you have a few large containers, terracotta pots, plastic pots and even some large coffee cans along with soil, water and sun, you can grow some tasty things. On April 13th at 11 a.m., Yeoman farmer Anthony Bracco, the owner of a small family farm using sustainable farming techniques, will show aspiring gardeners how to achieve a bountiful yield of vegetables and herbs in a small growing space. He will also discuss growing flowers, particularly varieties of flowers that help deter garden pests. The talks will cover how to site, plan and construct a simple small space garden and will discuss and demonstrate some of the hand tools and components necessary to accomplish the project. Everything from soil prep to harvesting to care and maintenance of your small space garden year-round will be covered. We continue with the theme of gardening, when on April 20th at 11 a.m., just a couple of days before Earth Day, we present All About Rain Gardens. A rain garden is a shallow landscaped depression that captures and treats stormwater runoff at the source, mainly from rooftops, but also from driveways, lawns, roads, and parking lots. It can be installed just about anywhere and can be incorporated into the existing landscape. Spring is a perfect time to get them in the ground. They are usually planted with native plants and often provide habitat for pollinators and food for birds while managing storm water. Dr. Amy Rowe of Rutgers Cooperative Extension will run through how to plan, design, install, and maintain rain gardens into your landscape. One, feature that is not only good for the environment, but also adds beauty to neighborhoods and provides wildlife habitat. Recognizing that many of us are getting stir crazy and want to start getting out of our homes, we present Secret Museums of New York City over Zoom on Monday, April 25th at 7 p.m. Did you know that there are over 190 museums in New York City? This presentation by Susan and Art Zuckerman, licensed tour guides, will highlight many of the lesser-known and more unusual ones. 
Find out about the abandoned elevator shaft that is now a museum featuring the shoe that was thrown at George Bush. Some of the elegant mansions that have been converted to museums, such as the Frick and Carnegie. An art museum where you can almost touch great masterpieces of the greatest Spanish masters. One where you can immerse yourself in the past and meet people who stay in character. And another that you can taste your way through if you enjoy sweets. And many others. Last, I would like to highlight a career-oriented program entitled Master the Job Interview that will take place on April 18th at 7pm. Now, interviewing is at its best a conversation between individuals with a similar goal to find the best fit. It is crucial to differentiate yourself from other candidates through comprehensive research and preparation while understanding that organizations are increasingly incorporating technology into their interviews. During this workshop, career coach Jennifer Rogers will discuss the before, during and afters of the interview and share techniques to overcome interview anxiety. You will learn techniques to present yourself successfully both in person and over the internet and practice some common interview questions. You will walk away with increased knowledge of and confidence in yourself and in the interview process. We hope to see you, many of you, at these library events. Thank you. Thank you, Archana. And speaking of next month's programs, I want to tell you about the next installment of our classic Movie Tuesdays series, which will be on Tuesday, April 19th, starting at 7 p.m. The film we'll be screening is Cassie Lemon's 1997 film, Eve's Bayou, which stars Samuel L. Jackson, Lynn Whitfield, and Journey Smollett in a Southern Gothic story about the shocking secrets of a Creole American family in Louisiana. Memory is a selection of images. Some elusive, others printed indelibly on the brain. Daddy loves you so much. I know. We'll dance at every party. Each image is like a thread. Each thread woven together to make a tapestry of intricate texture. When I first met Lewis, I said to myself, he's a healer, he'll take care of me. Do you still love her? Men fought each other for the privilege of speaking her name. And the tapestry tells a story. And we find out he's just a man. You're in trouble. They're really mad. Who, them? <laughs> they always mad. And the story is our past. I'll never forgive you if you drive him away. The summer I killed my father, I was 10 years old. I saw Daddy. What? Daddy and Mrs. Moreau. Don't get lost. What's wrong with her? Oh, she'll be all right. Have you told anyone? Because if you tell, I swear I'll do you all. You know I love my sister, but she's not unfamiliar with the inside of a mental hospital. Sunday, which one of your patients you're going to see, Louis? What's wrong with that lady? You know, some illness hard to put a finger on. Not every night he's not working. I know he's not. She thinks I'm driving you away. She's a child, Rob. How do you kill someone with Rudy? I put his hand inside the wax coffin buried it in the graveyard that's ridiculous you want to face the dead but you can't kill people with voodoo sometimes a soldier fall on his own sword yes you speak to my wife the dead i will kill you
Mackey's Bayou was named the best film of 1997 by none other than the great Roger Ebert, one of my personal favorite film critics. And in 2018, it was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Archives for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Again, we'll be showing the film on Tuesday night, April 19th, starting at 7 p.m. on the big screen in our program room. Eve's Bayou runs one hour and 49 minutes. It's rated R for mature themes and strong language. The film is in English, and it will be screened with English subtitles for the hard of hearing. Well, we're about halfway through this episode of L-Town Radio, so let's take a break to hear from our Adult Services and Acquisitions librarian, Hong Mei, who is back to treat us to a special song. Spring is right around the corner. The beauty of spring brings happiness and joy all around. People go out for hiking and nature walks. We enjoy the beauty of nature. Today I'm going to bring you a relaxing, soothing, and peaceful music called The Color of Spring by Bernward Koch. Bernward Koch is a German composer, pianist, and keyboardist. His music mainly evokes a soothing and calming style. Now let's enjoy the music, The Color of Spring. Thank you very much for sharing that, Hung Mei. That is a beautiful piece of music and, of course, so appropriate for the spring season. Speaking of music, I told you there'd be a lot of music in this episode. I'm excited to tell you that after a two-year pandemic-related hiatus, our Music Matters series, made possible by the friends of the Livingston Library, is coming back. And uh, the first act that will be joining us to resume the series is New Jersey's own The Coots, who have toured all over the state for many years, performing classic rock, pop, soul, and blues. Uh, the Coots were actually scheduled to visit us back in the spring of 2020, right before we had to enter lockdown and postpone many of our in-person programs. So we're very happy that they are available and back on our calendar to usher in this series once again. They'll be dropping by on Sunday, April 24th from 2 p.m. to 3.30 p.m. And if you haven't had the Coots experience yet, well, here is a quick sample. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce a group of North Jersey guys who rock and roll on fiber or with fiber <laughs> and refuse to retire their guitars. Ladies and gentlemen, the Coots. Bye. 
Again, that's just a sampling of the kind of rock and roll with fiber that you can expect to hear from the Coots, who'll be performing in our program room on Sunday, April 24th, from 2 to 3.30 p.m. It is free, and there's no registration or ticketing required for this event, so just come down and be ready to rock. Well, as I mentioned earlier, April is National Poetry Month, so with that in mind, this month I thought I would ask the crew if they have any particular favorite poems or poets or poetry books that they'd like to share with listeners today. And here's what they had to say, starting with Jessica. April is National Poetry Month. Poetry is one of my favorite genres to read, and the Livingston Public Library has a wonderful poetry collection to explore. A few of my favorite poetry collections you can find in the Livingston Library's Indie Collection, located across from the Patron Services Desk in the, in the adult seating area. Welcome to Ghost Town by Gretchen Gomez. This collection of poems chronicles the ghosts of the people who have entered and left the speaker's life. Gomez tackles tough subjects with brilliant images and breathtaking vocabulary that I had devoured when I read it for the first time. A second collection of poems located in our indie collection is Mapless by Erin Anastasia. I once had the pleasure of hearing Erin Anastasia recite her spoken word poetry at a reading in Montclair. A local New Jersey poet, Mapless is a mixture of both poetry and prose and is probably my favorite collection of poetry. Definitely worth visiting the library's indie collection and checking out. If you're looking for more poetry collections, also check out the library's subscription to Hoopla Digital. Hoopla has a wonderful collection of poetry ebooks and audiobooks by new and current poets. We hope to see you at the library soon, and when you stop by, let us know what poetry you're reading this month. See you soon. Bye. Thank you very much, Jessica, and I will quickly take a moment to second her recommendation that you come down and check out the books in our indie collection on display by the circulation desk near the seating area. Jessica and I have been curating this collection for a little over a year now to contain some of our favorite or some of the most noteworthy books that have been independently published in the past few years. And I assure you, any book that you check out from this collection, whether it's poetry or fiction or nonfiction, is bound to be like nothing else you've ever read before. All right, back to National Poetry Month now with her selection. Once again, here's Hong Mei. As a spring flower and the first bloom, daffodils are symbols of rebirth and hope. Daffodils' cheerful bright yellow and white colors are a symbol of positivity. In 1802, romantic poet William Wordsworth and his sister Dorothy came across a long belt of daffodils while wandering the forest. Remembering this walk two years later, William wrote a poem called I Wandered Lonely as a Cloud, also commonly known as Daffodils. The 24-line poem is commonly seen 
as a classic of English romantic poetry. Now let's enjoy this poem. I wandered lonely as a cloud that floats on high over vales and hills. When all at once I saw a crowd, a host of golden daffodils, beside the lake, beneath the trees, fluttering and dancing in the breeze. Continuous as the stars that shine and twinkle on the Milky Way, they stretched in never-ending line along the margin of a bay. Ten thousand saw I at a glance, tossing their heads in sprightly dance. The waves beside them danced, but they outdid the sparkling waves in glee. A poet could not be but gay in such a jocund company. I gazed, gazed, but little thought what wealth the show to me had brought. For oft, when on my couch I lie in vacant or in pensive mood. They flash upon that inward eye, which is the bliss of solitude, and then my heart with pleasure fills and dances with the daffodils. Thank you, Hung Mei. Now, as for me, there's no shortage of poets. And poems that hold a special place in my heart, but there are a few in particular that have lived in my heart the longest and made me fall in love with poetry when I was very young. Uh, two of those poets are Emily Dickinson and Dorothy Parker, who I believe I've talked about in previous episodes of this podcast, but I don't think I've ever talked here about a book called Spoon River Anthology, written by Edgar Lee Masters. I remember reading this book for the first time in my 11th grade English class, and I was blown away by how different it was from any poetry book I'd ever read before. If you don't know, Spoon River Anthology was first published in 1915, and it's a collection of over 200 short poems, each one told from the point of view of a citizen of the fictional American town called Spoon River, which was inspired by Edgar Lee Masters' uh, real hometown of Lewiston, Illinois. And also, each of the characters speaking each poem are doing so from the town cemetery because they are all dead. Now, because they're all dead, these characters tend to be a lot more honest than they might have been back when they were alive. Uh, some make shocking confessions, others air long-held grievances about neighbors or spouses, and then others simply want to tell an abridged version of their life story. Um, it's at turns very sad, uh, very disturbing, uh, very beautiful, and just about any other kind of emotion you can think of. Um, many of the poems, of course, connect to other poems, often contradicting what other characters have said. Um, and altogether, the collection paints this fascinating web-like soap opera of life in this small town. So have you ever seen on certain reality shows where they cut to one of the characters talking to the camera about how they really feel or what they what they wish they would have said in an earlier scene when when the other characters aren't around. So Spoon River Anthology is a lot like that. But, you know, uh, instead of, you know, the Real Housewives of New York, it's 
early 20th century Midwestern America and everyone's a ghost. I love it. I will say that a lot of these poems may not seem like much individually, but this book is one of the prime examples where the whole is far greater than the sum of its parts, and it just has to be read as a complete work, in my opinion. But there are certainly a few poems that I think work well out of context. Uh, one of my favorites is probably this one, which is titled Griffey the Cooper. <clears throat> the Cooper should know about tubs, but I learned about life as well. And you who loiter around these graves think you know life. You think your eye sweeps about a wide horizon, perhaps. In truth, you are only looking around the interior of your tub. You cannot lift yourself to its rim and see the outer world of things, and at the same time see yourself. You are submerged in the tub of yourself. Taboos and rules and appearances are the staves of your tub. Break them and dispel the witchcraft of thinking your tub is life and that you know life. Again, that's from Edgar Lee Masters, 1915 poetry collection, Spoon River Anthology. You can check out a print copy through the Buckles Consortium, or you can check out any number of ebook editions currently available on hoopladigital.com using your Livingston Library card. We're almost out of time for this episode, but before we wrap up, I want to mention the next meeting of the Unstuck in Time Virtual Book Club, which will meet on Zoom on Tuesday night, April 26th, from 7 to 8 p.m. This month's book is the 1999 novel Stardust, written by the brilliant Neil Gaiman, who is also behind classic works of speculative fiction like American Gods, Good Omens, Coraline, and the graphic novel series Sandman. I've read most of Neil Gaiman's books, though I have yet to read Stardust, and I'm excited to finally get into it, especially based on this summary from the dusk jacket provided by the publisher. In the sleepy English countryside at the dawn of the Victorian era, life moves at a leisurely pace in the tiny town of Wall, so named for an imposing stone barrier that divides the village from an adjacent meadow. Armed sentries guard the sole gap in this wall in order to keep the curious from wandering through. Only once every nine years do they relax their vigil, when a market fair, unlike any other, comes to the meadow. Here in Wall, young Tristan Thorne has lost his heart to beautiful Victoria Forrester. But Victoria is cold and distant, as distant, in fact, as the star she and Tristan see fall from the sky on a crisp October evening. For the coveted prize of Victoria's hand, Tristan vows to retrieve the fallen star and deliver it to his beloved. It is an oath that sends the lovelorn swain over the ancient wall and propels him into a world that is strange beyond imagining. But Tristan is not the only one seeking the heavenly jewel. There are those for whom it promises youth and beauty, the key to a kingdom, and the rejuvenation of dark, dormant magics. And a lad compelled by love will have to keep his wits about him to succeed and survive in this secret place where fallen stars come in many guises, and where quests have a way of branching off in unexpected directions, even turning back upon themselves in space and time.
Again, that is from Neil Gaiman's 1999 novel Stardust, the subject of the next meeting of the Unstuck in Time Virtual Book Club, which will meet on Zoom on Tuesday, April 26th from 7 to 8 p.m. Do make sure you register for that event through our events calendar because you will need to register in order to get the link to the Zoom meeting. Print copies of the book will be available to check out from our circulation desk, and ebook editions are also available through Hoopla and Overdrive. There's also an audiobook edition available on Hoopla Digital. Well, that's all for this episode of L-Town Radio. Thank you to Jessica Hungmay and Archana, as always, for your contributions. Thanks to you, dear listener, as always, for tuning in. I hope you'll tune in again next month. And of course, I hope you'll visit us. We are open seven days a week for all your librarying needs. And of course, you can still access our online and digital resources through our website, livingstonlibrary.org. Don't forget to follow our blog at blog.livingstonlibrary.org. And you can follow us all over the internet on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and Spotify, where you can listen to and subscribe to this podcast. Till next time. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay curious.